Good morning, all my dear friends out there. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are recording from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, the United States of America, and we welcome you all. Thank you for joining us. We will begin with the morning prayer. I'm reading from page 110 of Miscellaneous Writings and page 336 of Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures by Mary Baker Eddy. Beloved children, the world has need of you and more as children than as men and women. It needs your innocence, unselfishness, faithful affection, uncontaminated lives. You need also to watch and pray that you preserve these virtues unstained and lose them not through contact with the world. What grander ambition is there than to maintain in yourselves what Jesus loved and to know that your example, more than words, makes morals for mankind. And in Science and Health, she writes, the spiritual man's consciousness and individuality are reflections of God. They are the emanations of him who is life, truth, and love. Immortal man is not and never was material, but always spiritual and eternal. Mary Peter Eddy. They're beautiful. Thank you. Watching point today. Watch number 444. Watch lest you treat the body directly when you have a physical disease or claim. Paul tells us to be absent or to retreat from the body in order to be, pres <clears throat> in order to be present with the Lord. One might coin a word and declare that when one has a physical ill or pain, the demand is to debody his thought, to retreat from the body rather than to treat the body, in order that he might he may work wholly in the realm of thought. End quote. Thank you. Okay, comments on that. I like that debody of the thought. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and also treat rather than re retreat rather than treat. Oh, yeah. Like that thought. If you de-body any problem, then you don't have a body. And if you don't have a body, then where is the problem? I mean, it really does go back to, um, you know, mortal minds. The only says that there's something in the body, but if we de-body or take the body away, then there's really, we're, we're left with infinite mind and its infinite manifestation. No problem. Thank you. <clears throat> and it's not that you don't have a body, yeah. it's that your body is spiritual and not material. Yeah. This gets to how do we see, how do we see things within us and around us, doesn't it? Yeah. To retreat from the body just telling us because when when you've got a, a problem the 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 temptation is to focus on to feel the physical problem and then to focus on the physical problem and that's the illusion and that what we what we must learn to do is to get away from the the matter body and declare I am spiritual. My body is spiritual. I am the embodiment of all of God, of all of what God is. And that is the beginning of the road to the healing. It's a matter of seeing ourselves correctly. Thank you. Yes. Because this idea that we don't have a body is, is not true. We do. We always will. We'll always be able to identify each other. But it's just it, all the earth weights material accompaniments of it will fall away because that's that's the unreality and that is 
Right. That all exists in the human mind, um, which we know also not to be the truth about us. We're under that divine mind. But yeah, when you have a problem, the body is screaming for attention, and that's where you've, you've got to work to focus on God and not on those screams, <laughs> silent screams. Pages 390 to 393 in Science and Health. That's our guide. And when the screams at you, we, we immediately recognize the need is spiritual, not material. There's a spiritual need that your body is crying out for. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Florence? Yeah, I think that's why she gave us the scientific statement of being, so we know who we really are, you know, page 468 of Science and Health. Um, to always know who we are, to continually know who we are, until that becomes our reality. And when it does, then we are seeing the body correctly, just like Christ Jesus, all his healings, necessarily also, it's only because they saw correctly what man really is, it's what overcame the lie. It's always a lie, anyway. Thank you. Yes. Florence is spiritual, not material. <laughs> when you go over that, the scientific statement of being, apply it to yourself. And know that's the truth about yourself and about everyone, but you start with yourself. And it, it'll, it'll start to fill, fill you up, fill up all the dark corners in, in your thought and bring healing and restoration and peace and blessing what we do we fill ourselves up with these truths and we're grateful for it so grateful yes which um this morning before we get entirely into the lesson we're going to talk about what i call this and that <laughs> it's a this and that discussion but the subject today so make sure i announce that is soul and body which is a beautiful one all right, I'm going to start now. Um, last week, I, I mentioned about um, finding biographies about Mrs. Eddy. This was a uh, something Thomas brought to my attention that it was very needed because if you if you Google her, you can find all kinds of awful biographies. So we're going to have a section on our website with all the good biographies. And so, and pray that when people Google that, we will come up. Um, some of you have sent me your recommendations almost universally, the Doris Greckle trilogy. Um, Linda was just telling me, yes, she wasn't independent anyway, not involved in the organization. But her three books um, are beautiful, and they are, well, you can just tell her love for Mrs. Eddy. Now, um, Dale W. in Virginia, who is the voracious reader, who's read almost everything, she made me a very wonderful list with a brief description of each book. And I think we're going to put that on our website soon. Linda said that's possible, right? So, um, so we'll have it. And then if there's more to add, you can add. We can add, but you can, when we get it up there, you can look at her list, find out if how many of those books you have read. As someone told me recently, to read a biography, a good one about Mrs. Eddy every year, is so worthwhile. So, Dale, um, you want to speak any more to this? You sent me a beautiful letter about this. Oh yes, I did. Um, I have over the years read these wonderful books, and I just can't imagine not knowing what's in these books. Um, and part of what I wrote to you is. Um, <clears throat> I am enthralled with the accounts in these books and feel that every sincere follower of Christian science should be familiar with this information. The deep desire, persistent effort, self-sacrifice, and great compassion and love of Mrs. Eddy comes through and makes one want to pay back in some way her monumental life's effort and accomplishment. As she said at the beginning of miscellaneous writings, quote, my world has sprung from spirit in everlasting day. 
whereof I've more to glory, wherefore have much to pay. To my mind, my debt and gratitude to her is unending, as her faithfulness has opened the way for all mankind to follow the Christ, be it slow or fast. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thomas, did you want to add anything? Oh, um, I think this is a fantastic thing that we're doing um, because um, I was fascinated with um, the biographies of Mary Baker Eddy because I, I see one written about here and there, and I thought, oh, gee, uh, what's out there, right? And there's an enormous number of books about her from all sorts of different angles. So then I thought, okay, um, what, what are different organizations posting on this? Because I found quite a few biographies or books with biographical information, you might say. And I struggled. I mean, I think the bookmark has a good write-up, but in, in general, try and find uh, um, some organization that lists uh, biographies of Mary Baker Eddy. It's uh, not easy, and then when they pop up and you read some of the stuff they list there, you go, oh, gosh, I don't think I'd read that one, right? So uh, just as uh, Mary said, you know, this would be a great opportunity for us to uh, show the world uh, some really good books about Mary Baker Eddy. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, because the Boston organization is not. <laughs> and the, and we do not recommend the Peel books at all. I think authorized um, books about her. So. Uh, yeah, that's one of the worst biographies. Yeah. So when the list goes up, you can look it over. Ask yourself how many of those have you read, and if you have any others that you want to add to it, we'd be grateful for your suggestions. Um. So thank you very much, Tom, for bringing that to our attention. And just to put this out there, where possible, we will have the books on the website, but some of them are under copyright, so it'll just be the links to them. Yes, yeah, thank you. Yeah, and the bookmark does offer most of them, um, but thank you. Yeah, there's a lot we just don't sell. Or if we have to buy it from somebody else and then send it to you, then our, our postage goes way up. The other thing I'll just mention briefly, and when we sell our books, we have a set fee, which includes postage. We make no money on anything, not on our books or anything. If you want a speedy delivery for your books, you're going to have to send us money to send it FedEx or something. Sharon, you want to speak to that? Uh, yes, I spoke to the postmaster, <clears throat> and we send the books um, at a, a normal fee. Um, not outrageous, but if we sent a book that's under 13 ounces to California faster, it would cost $35. Extra. Extra. <clears throat> yeah. Thank you very much. And he said um, it doesn't take that much longer just to send it the way we are doing. Yes. It's cost efficient. Yes. Which we want to <clears throat> keep. We some I sometimes get calls, you know, why my book hasn't gotten there yet. Also, the people here, we, most of us volunteer, not all of us, but most of us volunteer or get paid a minimal amount for what we do. Benjamin, who is our clerk, he has a full-time job and two really more or less babies. <laughs> He's very busy. He is not, we're not sitting here in an office, you know, mailing books and taking phone calls. This is, we just do what we can when we can do it. So uh, just so you, you know that, because I do get calls. Well, why hasn't my book arrived yet? Well, there's probably a lot of reasons for that. And, and Sharon always, we make sure we pray when mailings do go out, especially large mailings, but we pray, you know, if you've, if you've, ask for a book, pray that it will get there in a orderly and a, a good time, amount of time. time yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I just wanted to mention that. So now, if I could add to, to what I said, I really should have said this, like what drove me to create a list of biographies or books with biographical information about Mary Baker Eddy was over the years, uh, it does seem like the uh, Boston organization kind of relegates Mary Baker Eddy to some different level. It's just a 19th century religious leader or someone who had some good thoughts or whatever. 
And uh, that sometimes distresses me and uh, uh, well, shouldn't. But I, I thought, you know, really, I mean, our whole church is about science and health and the Bible and Christian science. And why don't we let the world know that we really respect her and we honor her and make that clear to people. Thank you. She's not just some person who wrote something. Thank you. But we actually honor and respect her. Yes. Thank you, Tom. That's exactly right. If, if we love Christian science, and if we see that it is the way, we cannot separate it from its discoverer. It can't, you, can't, you can't do it. If you don't love and adore and respect Mrs. Eddy for what she did, you can't really practice Christian science. And this is why these biographies are so important, because as I've mentioned, I dutifully read the Peel books. And after that, I just had a very dark, kind of a weird sense about Mrs. Eddy, because she was humanized. She was humanized in those books. Um, and so, but once I came here and I started to read these enlightening biographies, it changed everything. And when, what did Mrs. Eddy say when there wasn't healing being done somewhere? Where was it? What did she Love say? Love her more. Yes, you you have to learn to love me more. It's essential. It might be a missing part in why you're not being healed. Um, we're going to get into gender later, but you know some people can't accept the fact she's a woman, and she did all this. I had a really great phone call this week from someone who who said that um, the first thing he asked was my our, our official stand about gay rights, and I told him we don't have an official stand except the. Sermon on the Mount, which he was very glad to hear because he says he goes to churches now and everybody's preaching to him about that or about politics. And he said, I don't go to church to hear that, which is why we have science and health and the Bible as our preachers. Mrs. Eddie knew this would probably happen. But he also said when he first read um, Science and Health, this is also what Benjamin said, he said no person could have written this book. This is divine enlightenment. And he said, certainly not a woman at that time that she had to have gotten it from God. And I said, hallelujah. If you can see that, you can see everything. Because that is the truth. No person could have come up with this. I mean, you can't. It's just so, it's not a human theory. It's not I mean, a human theory. <laughs> no, and that's what's so precious about it. And that is why she must be respected, yes, honored, loved, um, as our forever leader. Okay, Carol in the newsletter. Oh, yes. Um, Jim Dibel, who has been editing the newsletter for uh, quite a few years now, um, has decided that he's he's had enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to pass it on. So, yeah, time to pass it on. So <laughs> what we're going to do is uh, everybody loves all the stories and the pictures that Jim has been putting in of Arizona. Well, I think now let's get pictures and stories about other locations. Um, our members and participants who live in other countries or other states, um, send in pictures of your area, not people, just the scenes or, <laughs> and let us know, is, is this a favorite place you like to go? Or uh, you know, is there a, a history about what what the picture is that you you're sending and uh, we can learn a whole lot about each other and about uh, about the world around us and the truth about it instead of a lot of crap that we hear well that's true you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so yeah we'd like to uh, feature things of that sort and and if there's anything that you can think of jim always has little jokes if you you know find a nice joke or something that you'd like to send we can include that um just something that would interest people and and um but something that would keep keep t turning to god of course so uh anything that that you can think of or that you think is appropriate please send it in to me it's ccat156 at aol.com thank you Yes. And um, some of you have already done this. I think of Anne in particular from England. She sent us beautiful pictures. Now we have Corinne in Can Kenya sending me beautiful pictures. Um, so the other thing we could use is someone 
and this can be done remotely, who would like to organize the pictures because, dear Jeremy, everything gets thrown at him and Carol, too. <laughs> and so, you know, if we could organize the pictures, maybe to see scenery or countries or however. So we have a little idea. Um, it's not so hodgepodge. It would be very, very helpful. It would be a fun job, also a, a fairly big job for someone out of out of area. And it would help you respect what Jim did all these years. <laughs> yes, yes, Jim. My goodness, we will we sang, sing to Jim for all he's done, his faithfulness all these years. He picked up this newsletter, which we probably would have stopped doing because we just didn't have time and. Um, anyway, but he said, no, we need to have the newsletter. And he so kindly did it. And he wrote about what he knew about his home in Arizona that he loves and about the Constitution. He's a World War II veteran. He's been with us forever. And, uh, you know, just never a complaint. You can tell when he says hello. He's just full of joy and, and happiness. He just radiates wherever he goes. He hands out signs and health to everybody. <laughs> He's just a, a wonderful, wonderful gem. And Gary's going to tell us a joke from The Chosen. <laughs> Anybody remember that yeah. joke? Okay, Jeremy will tell us a joke. <laughs> it just said it was a joke about vegetables, but it's corny. <laughs> yeah, it's a joke about vegetables, but it's corny. <laughs> anyway, I'm not great at, at jokes, but that was from the that was from the chosen. What? Jim is on. Oh, Jim is on. Okay, well, Jim, Jim, and we're so grateful to you, Jim, for your years of doing the newsletter with such love, and and uh, it's just been beautiful. So. And how he's I would be willing to do the pictures if you like me to. This is Wendy. Okay. All right. We'll say thank you very much. Um, okay. All right. And yes. And also, it's helpful to me, people that send me pictures, it, you know, because you'll write me an email about various things. And sometimes it's personal things about help or other things. And then you send me pictures. Well, I don't know how to separate them. And I hate to have to send all that stuff to somebody else like any anybody else so please if you could send the pictures separately from your emails say who it's from and maybe what the pictures are about but or or, or just as an attachment or an as attachment. attachment yeah you know as, instead of part of the body of the email that would be helpful okay now the next oh i'll just say we'll we'll put the information on where to send things to at the top of the newsletter page. So. Okay, great. Good. Good. And, um, you know, and these are also pictures that uh, Jeremy uses on the website, on the carousel, or in, in the Liberator. Um, beautiful pictures. Take them from, and we, so easy now. You do it on your phone, a lot of you. So, uh, thank you. The new Liberator, I think, is done now. It'll be printed, ready to print. Thank you for all your proofing all your contributions this one is christ and christmas part two very holy to study and read during these these times now get out your little book what christmas means to me by mary baker eddies begin to study that join us thursday morning at 11 a.m for our thanksgiving day service um powerful time to be together the true meaning of thanksgiving and um our next liberator in January will be the 91st Psalm. So you can start gathering information on that. Now, we also, we had a beautiful letter from Australia. I think it's better to read it now than on a Wednesday it's email. Um, Dear wonderful members of Plainfield Independent, my sincere and deepest thank for, thanks for this watch for Australia and Europe. On uh, Thursday... We had a watch and also Gary's readings on Wednesday about liberty being your divine right. So she's referring to that. My home is Melbourne City, Australia, a city who recently won the dubious title of the most locked down city of the world. With over 280 days imprisonment in our homes, it has been a full a time full of trial the forced vaccination of over 90% of our population and a total hypnotic state as our leaders 
are derailed by abstract erroneous nothingness, the believing of the nameless nothing. Often throughout this time, I have prayed and wished that I lived in any other location to escape the despotic rule of my home. Yet God tells me that here is where I am needed, here with local business leaders to witnesses, witness God's goodness so that all may know him whose right it is. Mrs. Eddy's instructions are the complete and jubilant panacea to the nameless nothing. Quote, Faith can sing through days of sorrow, end quote, as our hymn says. All the work at Plainfield to preserve Christian science as taught by dear Mrs. Eddy and our early workers has all been a shining light in what seems to be darkness. Working with the Plainfield watch is an utter honor and joy, and I have found all the watches to be absolute truth infinite. I have seen this truth manifested in God good, winning, winning in some small ways and, and in some very big ways, both locally and globally. I credit this particular watch below, as well as the readings at Wednesday's testimony meeting with the progress in Australia today, whereby a new sweeping pandemic law that would grant a rule by decree status to the pr premier of my state being successfully challenged and stayed by the state legal council business leaders and parliament. This is this still work in progress to stay the hand of error would allow even more crushing rule than we have already been seen here. The quote from miscellany quote, no crown nor scepter nor rulers rampant can quench, quench the vital heritage of freedom end quote is just resounding in my soul today. God has done it. God good alone is triumphant. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Thank you, Plainfield. God's children are delivered. So that is beautiful and resounding. And I've heard from others in places where the lockdown is so severe. So our work continues to go on. Um, it's very important. And um, we, we do have this group in Australia that are uh, just uh, very vocal, loving, good people. And it's growing. And it's growing. And not just Australia. It's around the world. But we stand sh shoulder to shoulder working um, for just that quote from Miscellany. So beautiful. Liberty is our divine right, and it comes in many forms, ways, but we must have it. We breathe the air for it. Um, so, and then along with that, last week, um, we talked about healing, and uh, Louise sent me a most beautiful article, Healing as Practiced by Jesus, which I'm going to read some quotes from. Now, again, this is, we have no objection to anyone who wants to go to the medical. Believe me, we do not. We do not condemn. Um, as a practitioner, I help people who decide to take a medical route. There's no condemnation for anyone who's had the vaccination. Believe me, there is not. There is respect for people in, in the um, medical world, the really true, good, dedicated doctors who've devoted their lives to find, find solutions to help mankind. Great respect for all of this. But uh, frankly, what I object is to mandates where it has to become a rule. We've also found out through uh, Gary and Bruce's brother, who lives in Portland, Oregon, who got the nameless nothing, that many people who were in injected over and over and over, this is not a good thing. It's not a good thing for your body. So where is this going to end? You get injected with a vaccination, then you have to have a booster, and then you have to have something else, and then you have to have something else, and then you have a problem, and then they give you antibiotics. You cannot be pumping your dear body with all this stuff. So let's just be rational here, okay? You know, it's not even common sense. It's not even common sense whether you're a Christian scientist or not. So anyway, this is from Healing is Practiced by Jesus. February 1906, the Christian Science Journal, from a wonderful author named Samuel Greenhood, Greenwood, 
who wrote wonderful things. Um, so one thing is certain that Jesus preferred his own system to any other and healed the worst diseases with better success than Materia Medica can heal today after another period of 2000 years in which to perfect itself. It is but just to assume that the founder of Christianity was the best judge as to the healing power of his teaching and whether his followers should practice his own system or another. And an examination of the history of material medicine does not warrant the conclusion that it is the successor of Jesus's method. The belief that the sick, oh wait, um, the belief that the sick in these latter days can have no hope of being healed except what these material systems offer them is a delusion which Christians with the memory of their master's life should be ashamed to hold. God pity the future of the race if the voice of the healing Christ is never again to be heard this side of death stilling the tempests of human want and woe, healing the broken heart, and making whole the diseased? At what point then, or by whose authority, did Materia Medica supplant the Christ work, the Christ way of doing this work? There should be some definite and reliable data to support the common plea that the time of Christian healing has long since passed. This data should be at least as definite and reliable as that upon which we base our belief in Jesus' miracles and those of the disciples. Anyway, it goes on, but he ends with this. Let it be understood that this article is in no sense an arraignment of physicians, most of whom command the highest respect as earnest men and women. They are giving their lives to the sacred endeavor of alleviating human suffering and that they are mistaken in their beliefs and methods is the misfortune of an education, which they would as deeply deplore as we do, did they but know the better way of Christian science. Christian science is not fighting the med medical profession or any other, but it does plea for that full recognition of Christianity, which is presented in the textbook of Christian science, as providing the only way of salvation for, for mortals from sin, disease, and death. And as we are approaching, you know, more and more of this, what I call biological warfare, our safety and our refuge is in Christian science, is it not? Yes. Yes. Who from the get-go told us that all of this is illusion and hypnotism. It's in her book and it talks about Christianity and it, it talks about the differences between Christian science and just Christianity this is Christ Christianity and Gary will read this is one of his favorite quotes from Science and Health oh, this is yeah page 146 in Science and Health Mrs. Eddy states the ancient Christians were healers why has this element of Christianity been lost because our systems of religion are governed more or less by our systems of medicine. The first idolatry was faith in matter. The schools have rendered faith in drugs the fashion rather than faith in deity. By trusting matter to destroy its own discord, health and harmony have been sacrificed. Such systems are barren of the vitality of spiritual power by which material sense is made the servant of science and religion becomes Christ-like. Thank you. There's a couple more things in this other article I meant to read, which I'd like to also read. Um, and that is the modern exception, ex acceptation. <laughs> the modern acceptation of Christianity includes too much worldliness, too much materialism, and not enough spirituality. Else there were more concerned to learn of Christ Jesus, the way to health and holiness, the kingdom of heaven. He said, I am the way. Now, and this is what separates us from new age. 
because we have a morality system, the Ten Commandments. You cannot just wave your magic wand and expect everything to be fine. There are demands upon us all, and that is to obey the, the rules, the commands of Christ Jesus, and to follow in his way. And then he writes, the common tendency evidently has been to regard the master's miracles, in quotes, as the exhibitions of a wonder worker, a sort, a sort of spectacular performance instead of the natural and legitimate result of his understanding of truth as applied to special cases. Such a belief centers Jesus' healing work in himself as a superhuman personality, although he distinctly disclaimed that the power proceeded from himself, declaring, I can of mine own self do nothing. The Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. His entire teaching substantiates these statements and further implies that the ability thus to do the will of the Father was not resident in him alone, but pertains to all who conform to God's requirements. This isn't some social Christian thing going on here. This is a way of life we take very deeply and seriously. We can't be exempt from sin, disease, and death if we're doing whatever we darn well please. It is plainly that the failure to fulfill these conditions, which has caused the passing of divine healing out of general Christian practice, not that God has changed his purpose or withdrawn the opportunity from mortals to know him aright. The defense of the practice of material medicine as being divinely authorized and sustained in keeping with Jesus' teaching is manifestly an attempt to excuse Christians from their obedience to Jesus' command, heal the sick, a command that is positive, definite, and unqualified. One need only examine the attitude of Jesus and that of Materia Medica regarding the cause of disease and suffering to discover that no similarity whatever exists between them. In his treatment of sickness, Jesus rested his case entirely with God, while Materia Medica ignores God altogether and rests its case with matter, holding the issue as holy within material law to aver that any or all of the various medical and surgical systems are the legitimate successors of Jesus' spiritual system is to ignore the logical inference of his own words. God bless Samuel Greenwood. Amen. Boy, does he lay it out. <clears throat> and this is Eddie states somewhere, I'm sorry, I don't know where, <laughs> that it is the fear of disease that is the disease. And what does Materia Medica say? Well, it's it's some bug, some material bug somewhere that is the disease. But no, it's the fear of disease that is the disease. And its solution is found in divine mind. And this is why this campaign now to get everyone fearful um, on the news, that's why we keep it turned off. It is a hypnotic box. You don't listen. You don't listen to all of this, any of this stuff, because what it's aimed to do is to get you scared to death. And if it's got that, then it's got you in its clutches. <clears throat> so we turn all the more wholeheartedly on our knees to our father, mother, God, who loves us and who has the answer for all of this. All of it. But this is a fear mongering campaign. And some people think, well, oh, you know, but look, all these people are sick and dying. Well, that's because their fear is being made manifest in belief. It's only it's only an illusion. It's the Adam dream, but it seems to be carrying itself out in the in those ways. So, and Mrs. Eddy says, why stand aghast at nothingness? And that's what this is. But we stand armed. A lot of it is mental manipulation, and people are buying it. They buy into it. Yes. Because they don't have the the backbone, the, the Christliness in their in their soul to to stop it, to ignore it, and to put it down. They've never been taught the truths that we are taught here in science. Right. They, as, as Florence says, they don't know who they are. 
And this is why everyone must know who they are in Christ. And, and man's extremity is God's opportunity. And this is, this is Christian science's opportunity, is it not? Someone asked me why we don't do more, you know, with advertising and all that. Well, <laughs> because that's just not our way. And, and we pray every day that those who need us, those who are searching and our hearts are right, will find us and they will be blessed. It's not done through marketing. Our That's correct. Our By living, this is what I'm learning, living it. Living it, it's an example. Thank you. Yeah, and and the advertising we do are the testimonies that we give on Wednesday evening. Yes, and the way we live ourselves. Yes. Our own example I'm talking about. Absolutely. Yes. If we don't have that, we have nothing. You have to be. I'm sorry. Go and ahead. the watches, they are powerful. Look what happened. You even heard from people. In Australia, and, yes. And they go out. They do the, that's our advertisement at everything that you said. Yes. All that we do. And that's why we must pray for our website, that it goes out, finds people, changes people's lives. It's a ripple effect. It'll go on and on and on. So, um, but yes, your example, the better, better than anything it can be. And it will attract people will want to know what it is about you that makes you so happy or free or, um, all of that. I mean, Jeremy says he used to go places and no one ever noticed him. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. And now he goes places and everybody notices him. <laughs> they all remember him. They all notice him. And that's because of his Christliness, even if he doesn't say anything. He's also a very big guy with a beard. But <laughs> that might have something to do with it. But, but it didn't have anything to do with it before, so something has changed. It's changed from within. I think that people feel his thought. Mm -hmm. Yes, they do. A kindly thought wherever he goes. Kindness is so important. We must all be kind. So, not nice. Not nice. Not nice, but kind. Not nice, but kind. <laughs> now, we have a wonderful lesson and only a few minutes. <laughs> but I had to say all those things. Um, so, let's see. Well, we'll start off. I mean, I thought there were three main things, three main things that were mentioned in the forum, too. The first being purity. The second, identity, individuality, that we're in the lesson. And then I felt the last is promotion, um, because this story of David and Saul and Jonathan. Saul, David could have killed Saul. Saul was very nasty. He was trying to kill him, but he never did. He knew that... Um, he knew that Saul was God's anointed. At that time. At that time. And that the the situation had to be worked out in God's way, not David's way. And it was. It was. And in that sense, David had a purity that protected him. It enabled him to see who and what he was to a certain extent, and also who and what Saul was from a spiritual standpoint. And then he had dear Jonathan, Saul's son, who I'm... Who helped him. Yeah, Carrie sent me something about, you know, him and what an outstanding person he was because he wasn't influenced by his father at all. He stood by David. I mean, he, Jonathan could have thought, well, it's my right to be king. I'm the, I'm, you know, I should inherit it from my father. There was nothing. He was he was pure in heart. You see this story. It it's beautifully done. This whole lesson. It goes back to, um, with the pure, thou will show thyself pure. This purity of heart that David had, that Jonathan had. You see how it protected him, them. You see how it it works. And when the time was right, David was promoted, and was one of the greatest kings of Israel, if not the greatest. But he had that pure purity in heart. So, um, Linda, do you want to say anything about purity? The only thing I will add is that I looked up purification, and I love the definition that said the act or operation of separating and removing 
from anything that which is foreign to it. That's from the 1828 Webster's. And I just love that was what was foreign to it. Though it wasn't original. I don't know. Somehow that just really helped me. Thank you. And that's impersonalizing the error um, yes. and not knowing, you know, not claiming it as yours. Um, and that's how we stand Porter at the door of thought, isn't it? We stand Porter at the door of thought and anything that tries to enter that is foreign to God. In other words, foreign to what you really are has to be separated and disposed of. Of the importance of understanding God first and foremost versus just yeah. uh, accepting human beliefs about him. You know, until I got here, I, that was, you know, God was, could be basically anything that worked in my favor. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. No, that's the, the, the value of studying the lesson every morning first before you go out and, you know, and, and, and face the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, thank you. Purity, it's, it's so important. And um, let's see, and I guess it's in Jasmine was writing about it as well. Beautiful things about the the um, true the two greatest of the commandments. And what are those two commandments? To have no other God and to love neighbor as yourself. Thank you. Yes. And and um, she says, once I truly accept that it is supremely important not to judge according to mortal minds beliefs. And that leads us into um, identity and individuality. Karen, what did you write about that? Well, there are many citations that I put in, but I and I forgot, I'm sorry, I forgot I, the, the definitions of individuality and identity came from Webster's 1828 dictionary, so I'm sorry, I forgot to put that. But I love the definition of individuality as a state of oneness. But, um, and, I had, and I had read the, the, the article on individuality by Herbert Eustace, and I found that very, um, I don't know how, I can't even remember how I was led to it, but I just found it this week, and I thought, wow, is that an appropriate, <laughs> so I love that article. But as I was writing this post, all of a sudden, this gender, uh, what's going on in society today, and all the, all, everything you hear, that children, adolescents, and adults are struggling to be who they, who they, who they are. And it's not always... Uh, it's not always what the world looks at them and says who they are. And they, and this is a very much of a, um, I have a personal, I have somebody in the family who has been struggling with this her whole life. And um, I just thought these citations that I had posted um, from the lesson were so excellent in um dealing with this <clears throat> situation. So I said, these citations clearly show that to think scientifically about this issue is to find our oneness with God. And then we find our true identity, <clears throat> which is the reflection of God <clears throat> spirit, not in terms of material sense. Thank you very much. Um, Go ahead. Did you? Well, I was just going to say, then, they, <clears throat> then I followed with the article um by with um uh individuality by Herbert Eustace where again he says America is the highest expression of individuality or our highest expression of our oneness with God and that this oneness as Jesus illustrated provided money for the taxes, supper for his disciples and fed the multitude. All we need is to find our oneness with God. That's Thank you. Right. And this is what we teach our children. Go ahead, Craig. And that's lovely. And, and I, what she said about individuality, I think the thing that helped as we don't, if we look toward God, we find it more than looking within because a great Christian education, moral education, uh, children find what their purpose is mm -hmm. and their own individuality in that much easier 
than you know puzzling with who am i and what am i here for i mean well just basically who am i and yeah yes feelings and stuff yes yes too much um inward thinking too much all of that leads to to depression and this selfish looking within and thinking about themselves all the time we need to think about others and how we can help the world and that brings great lasting peace and purpose and you know in science and health mrs eddy says gender also is a quality not of god but a characteristic of mortal mind the verity that god's image is not a creator though he reflects the creation of mind god constitutes the unre- underlying reality of reflection it's said many times in science and health what gender is gender is a human concept because eventually all of us are going to be sexless anyway right we could all express all the qualities of god whether they be thought of as masculine or feminine and be happy and complete and whole and whole as um karen said in our oneness with the father and also mrs eddy says that man is a generic term yes for all that reflects god's image and likeness Yes. So man is not it, it's male female it, it it's a generic term for all the reasons. so it's not you know you're a man and you're a woman and you're it's man or just man and and so maybe a lot of this is just the evolving or evolving and um, certainly any cruelty to anybody to anything that's cruel is wrong and all of this fighting over gender race color my goodness what does it say in the lesson for man looketh on the outward appearances is that how you're going to be but no, god, god looks looks heart. <laughs> what matters is your heart and i always refer everyone to galatians 5 which it lists the carnal mind idolatry witchcraft hatred variance all of those things it doesn't matter what color what gender who, who what you can be doing those things right that's our warfare mm-hmm. or it doesn't matter what color what gender what race you can also be love joy peace long suffering right yes yeah. that's what we look for that's what we look on our warfare is with the carnal mind not with people well mrs eddie says in science and how we are the emanation of him who is life truth and love so okay. yes and that settles that settles the question yes now carrie found two short beautiful poems that we'll end with the the last one take joy home is one we've had in our healing thoughts it's very very beautiful i know i i love it it's something to treasure and think about but gary will read these two poems because our time is passed uh, time, time is time is coming still this is from uh, the october 1900 issue of the Christian Science Journal, and it says, to know the beauty of cleanness, the heart must be clean and sweet. We must love our neighbor to get his love. As we measure, he will meet. That's by Alice Carey. And this one does not have an author, but it's from the December 1898 Christian Science Journal. Take joy home and make a place in thine own heart for her, and give her time to grow and cherish her. Then will she come and often sing to thee when thou art working in the furrows, I, or weeding in the sacred hour of dawn. It is a comely fashion to be glad. Joy is the grace we say to God. That's beautiful. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.